0: What's up, everybody? As part of our ongoing coverage of the Cincinnati Bengals facing the Las Vegas Raiders, I almost call them Oakland Raiders still. That's okay. Can't you can. Still- it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost do. The Las Vegas Raiders in the wild card round, a huge, huge game for a number of years for both teams. I've got a special guest from the Believe in Podcast uh, Network, Dennis Ackerman, who co hosts the Believe in Raiders podcast with former Raiders, Stanford Route. We're going to talk a little bit here about the upcoming matchup. Dennis, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing? I'm well, Anthony. Thanks so much for having me on. Hey, was that Ken Anderson in your montage? It was.
1: Former, yeah, it Former was. Bengals quarterback? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm old enough to remember he was the first Bengals quarterback uh, that I remember him and was it, I think Isaac Curtis was their wide oh, receiver. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I go back a little bit of ways. But yeah, the Bengals had some good teams in the 70s. Uh, and the Raiders and Bengals faced off, I remember, a few times in the 1970s mm-hmm. in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. The Raiders, I, I think got the best of that Um, as has been a little bit of the, the case with some, with some recent big games. And look, I, I, I want to talk about this year's team. I want to talk about this game. I want to talk about matchups and all that kind of stuff. I I appreciate your time. I'm going to be considerate of it. I I do want to go back because you, you kind of, I wasn't going to ask you this, but now I guess I am because you you went in the way back machine with Ken Anderson and (laughs) Isaac Curtis and whatnot. Look, I I don't know what Raiders fans think of this whole curse of Bo Jackson thing, but it is a kind of a a real palpable thing among the Bengals fan base. Obviously, Bo Jackson suffering that, that horrible hip injury in the playoff game. In that game, the Raiders still ended up winning. The Bengals have not won a playoff game in 31 years since. Seven other tries, had the lost decade in the 90s. How do Raiders fans look at that moment? the curse of Bo Jackson. Do they even care about it? I don't know. I I guess from the other side of the fence, I'd like to get your take on that.
1: You know what, Anthony? That was 31 years ago today. And it was at the LA Coliseum when the Raiders were uh, based here in LA, in Los Angeles. And I was at that game. And, you know, he was running down the right sideline. I think it was in the second half. And it looked like just a normal tackle. Like you got brought down from behind. And I think about it now, it was probably today, it probably would have been called horse collar tackle, but it didn't look anything you know, career threatening or career ending for Bo Jackson. And unfortunately that was the last game uh, he ever played in. But you know, and I think people look at it more like it was a great career. One of the best athletes that we've probably seen in our generation. Unfortunately, his football career came to an end that day, but you know, he still went on to play baseball. I think he uh, Mm -hmm. finished his career playing for the Chicago White Sox. So, you know what? It was a career cut short. Uh, I don't think the Raiders, uh, Raider fans, Raider Nation, think of it any kind of curse or anything like that. It was just an unfortunate injury. Unfortunately, they happen. And uh, it happened to one of the greatest athletes that we'd ever seen in Bo Jackson that day.
0: I remember as a young kid in Orange County, the the Anaheim Stadium was hosting the baseball All-Star game. And I went to a, a, like a practice the the day before and Bo Jackson this was like 89 90 something like that so right before the injury occurred just was walloping the ball out of the park and doing all kinds of crazy stuff and I just remember Bo Jackson just going oh my gosh this guy's just ridiculous and obviously growing up playing tech mobile on on the old school Nintendo Bo Jackson was a, was the uh the all-star in that game so anyway I kind of wanted to start there Anthony, and, had and he hit a home run
1: in that all-star game
0: I can't remember if it was if he did. I was so I was like a little guy, so I don't really remember. I think you I'd did. have to go back I, I and look. But he was it was taking batting practice, and the ball was just just taken off, off of his bat. It was absurd. Um, but I, I do want to talk about this year's team because in a in a weird way, you know, there there were a lot of times I get a lot of Raiders talk out here on sports talk radio and stuff, just locally where I live. And you know, I hear a lot about the Raiders, and a lot of people for a while were down on this team. And they were not. They were very inconsistent. They lost pretty big to the Bengals, though. That was a really close game for three and a half quarters. Um, now, all of a sudden, they lo- they win four in a row. They've been through all this stuff, right? The coach and Henry Rugs and all kinds of different stuff that uh, has almost galvanized this team. What do you What do you take? What's your take on this team and how they got here, ten and seven in the wild card round facing the Bengals?
1: Well, to me, the fortitude and resolve that this entire organization has shown uh, throughout this season, uh, they got off to a great start, you know, 3-0. and Then they lost a couple in a row. Uh, and then you had the John Ma- – I uh, almost said John Madden – John Gruden. Then you had Henry Ruggs, Damon Arnett, and then Nate Hobbs just a couple of weeks yeah. ago. At one point, Anthony, they lost five of six. And at that point, they were six and seven. And they just looked a complete mess. And at that point, they had to win four in a row just for a shot at making the playoffs. I didn't think it was possible. My co-host, Stanford Rout, and I had basically both written them off. We'd written off Derek Carr coming back, Rich Bisaccia we didn't think was coming back. And then out of nowhere, they had put together a four-game winning streak. They beat Cleveland, then they beat Denver, they beat Indianapolis on the road. And in that Sunday night thriller, uh, what a game. I think it might have been the game of the year in the NFL, knocking off the Chargers to claim uh, the fifth seed and you know those four wins are by a combined 12 points. And I know a lot of people are down on Derek Carr, you know, he's basically he's split this fan base 50-50. 50% of them absolutely love him, 50% want to see him gone. But you know what? When it's come down to it, he in his career since 2014, he has 30 games where he's led the Raiders either in overtime or in the fourth quarter to game-winning wow. drives. So it's his leadership. He's now wow. the face of this franchise and because of his leadership, I feel like that's one of the biggest reasons they're in the postseason
0: and they're going to play the Bengals on Saturday. So let's, let's talk about those four games real quick because you know, there there's kind of a couple schools of thought, right? One is you can, you can only play who's in front of you and you got to beat who's in front of you and you got to take care of your business regardless of who it is. But there's also reality where the Browns aren't in the playoffs. The Broncos aren't in the playoffs. The Colts aren't in the playoffs. The Chargers aren't in the playoffs and you know, the, the Browns team, that was a, battered team between injuries and covid and all that kind of stuff um i guess my my question with that is i i personally am impressed with the 4-0 finish to the season for the raiders despite who they played but i I think there's also an argument saying well they kind of they kind of lucked into some teams that maybe were struggling or did not make the playoffs what would you what would your response to that be
1: Well, I'll have to disagree with that. One of the reasons why is the Indianapolis Colts were going to be a playoff team until the Raiders went into Indianapolis in their own backyard and beat them 23-20, to and they had to rally for that win in the fourth quarter. The L.A. Chargers were a playoff team until the Raiders knocked them off on Sunday night and knocked them out of the playoffs, allowing the Pittsburgh Steelers to make it. So, like you said, Anthony, you play who's on your schedule. Uh, You play who you're lining up against. And I know the Raiders caught a couple of breaks going up against Nick Mullins, the third string quarterback for Denver, Uh, but they also beat Carson Wentz and they beat Justin Herbert, who you can make the argument Mm -hmm. is one of the top 10 quarterbacks uh, in this league, along with Joe Burrow. So they've had to earn it. You know, nobody was feeling sorry for the Raiders when John Gruden resigned. Nobody was feeling sorry for the Raiders when they lost Henry Ruggs and they lost Damon Arnett. So look, it's the bottom line is you play, who's on your schedule. You play who you line up uh, against, and the Raiders won four in a row, and they're in the playoffs for the first time since 2016.
0: Talking with Dennis Ackerman, one of the hosts of the Believe in Raiders podcast, is part of the Believe uh, podcast network where we, we've got an awesome partnership with them. They've fed us a lot of great guests, including yourself. Dennis co-hosts that podcast along with former Raider Stanford Grout. They also have uh, an additional Raiders podcast in the Believe network with former Bengals Adam Jones and, and uh uh, Solomon Wilcott so uh, definitely check out both shows there I've got a question here look and this is a live chat one here if I was to make a short list of coach of the year candidates I, I would actually pit two of the coaches in this game alone in that conversation Zach Taylor and Rich Bisaccia, as well as maybe Mike Tomlin of the Steelers just based on expectations and what those teams were able to achieve this year Rich Bisaccia may be the top of that list first interim coach to ever make a postseason. And the question here from John Telly is any chance that their interim coach is retained long-term? I don't know if this weekend is dependent upon it. I don't know if just making it to the postseason is dependent upon it. I've been really, really impressed as to what that guy has been able to do with this team and, and getting them just here in general.
1: Well, you know what, John, if you would have asked me this question four weeks ago, I said, no way. He's not going to be back. <laughs> uh, and now I, I'm on the belief that he has done enough. The fact is that the Raiders made the playoffs, as I said earlier, for the first time since 2016, uh, only the second time since 2002. And we talked about earlier everything that this team has been through on and off the field. I know there's the Jim Harbaugh rumors out there, where he's now showing interest in the NFL. Is it Chicago? Is it Miami? You know, he has ties to the Raiders. Harbaugh, he was the quarterback's coach there in 2002, 2003. He was very close to the uh, Al Davis Uh, father of Mark Davis. So I personally think that Bisaccia has done enough uh, to earn a long-term extension. I do. I don't think it really matters what happens this weekend. Maybe Mark Davis might feel different if the Raiders uh, lay an egg in Cincinnati and get blown out. But I just think it is a remarkable accomplishment what he has done since he has taken over to get this team into the playoffs. And it's not like they're the seventh seed. They're the fifth seed. You know, so Mm -hmm. they didn't back their way in. There was a lot of talk, oh, maybe the Raiders and Chargers will just tie. And there was talk that the Raiders could have settled for a tie right. at the end of overtime. Rich Passacci was not playing for a tie. He wanted to win that game. Because let me tell you, Anthony, the Raiders, if they ended up in a tie, would have been the seventh seed. They would have to go to Kansas City. Yeah. And Kansas City has manhandled them twice this year. So there's no way that the
0: Raiders wanted to finish seventh. Well, I, I believe in my my art of hearts, I think he at least deserves a shot or at least a, a solid shortlist interview type of thing opportunity for him based on what he's done. I, I do think that the Raiders do like to get a little splashy, obviously at being in Vegas and the whole deal, they may they may go a different direction, but he has done everything and more to at least be considered for that. Dennis, let's, let's transition to this week's game. I want to talk about this guy and I'm gonna share this graphic. I did this uh I shared this um last on our show last night and this is about Josh Jacobs here. he has been an absolute catalyst to what the Raiders have done over the last month and you see here the last month of the season the Raiders are four and0 84 carries 376 yards four and a half yards per carry two touchdowns 13 catches 66 yards. you made a point about Derek Carr what he's done in terms of late game heroics all throughout his career. But this guy has been a guy they've been riding of late. Do you expect that to be the game plan on offense this week with the weather, travel, all that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I think they will lean heavily on him. He's coming off a career best 132 yards against the Chargers. And, you know, Raider Nation has been kind of waiting for Josh to kind of go back to that rookie of the uh, rookie campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, where We rushed for well over a thousand yards. You know, he has struggled uh, running the ball this year, partly because of injuries partly because that Raiders offensive line has struggled to run block, but something has clicked over these last four games and against the Chargers. He was fantastic. I believe he's averaging 95 yards a game uh, during this four game winning streak. And he's not completely healthy, banged up uh, some ribs against the Indianapolis Colts. But yeah, I mean, I know it's going to be cold in Cincinnati. I don't think it's going to snow. But Look, the Raiders like to run the ball. They like to set up that play action pass. And if they can establish the run with Jacobs or if, the Raiders do get a lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, they will milk it uh, with Josh Jacobs, and he will get a heavy dose of that rock, uh, in that fourth quarter. Absolutely. I imagine he's going to be a huge part of this game plan.
0: Yeah. I think he's got two 100 yard rushing games in the last four, was just grinding out tough, tough yards in that Browns game. And again, uh, to seal their, their postseason ticket against the Chargers, their tough runs there by him. So, um, he's, he's a factor. And I, you know, I, I've always said, you know, Darren Waller, the Bengals have trouble with tight ends, and of course Darren Waller is going to be a weapon, but I think more so than the first matchup this year, I think Jacobs is going to be a little bit of a factor. One other guy who's going to be a factor that I know Bengals fans are a little scared of in this matchup because of their offensive line issues is Max Crosby. Um, Max Crosby is a guy that uh, has, you know, what do you have, eight sacks this year? So it's not the, the gaudy, gaudy numbers, but he's Tops in terms of quarterback pressures. He's uh, amazing and a lot of different things. Motor, motor, motor. And I watched that game Sunday. Obviously had the vested interest with what's going on <laughs> with, with the matchup and whatnot. He absolutely ate Storm Norton's lunch that entire game. It was unbelievable. He was in the backfield almost every single play. Uh, what can the Bengals do to potentially... I don't know, negate this. Do you, do you see a, a run game, you know, getting Mixon going just to kind of keep him on his heels a little bit. Do you see chipping or do you just say, Hey, Burrow's got to be Burrow and do the magic.
1: Well, one thing I think is interesting is that, uh, uh, during my research, the Bengals gave up 55 sacks this year. And I thought, well, is that Burrow hanging on to the football? Maybe a little bit too long to get Mar Chase down the field. Or is there a shaky offensive line? So, My guess is maybe just run right at Max Crosby. I think that's what they did in the earlier matchup, and I think that's why Joe Mixon had, what, nearly 130 Mm -hmm. rushing yards in that game earlier this year. But like you said, I mean, the guy has got a motor. He's never going to stop. He only had the eight sacks. You could say, well, that's not very many, but I believe he led the NFL in quarterback pressures. And what he does also on the other side of that defensive line he loosens things up for Yannick Ngakwe, who was in double figures with sacks. So when you put those two on the field together, they do a great job of pressuring the quarterback. Now, the Raiders do not blitz a lot. I believe they blitz about 15% of the time, which is bottom in the NFL. So they rely on that front four to put pressure on the quarterback. Now, they did a good job against Justin Herbert. I think he threw the ball 64 times, and I think the Raiders sacked him three times, but they pressured him. On numerous occasions so let's see if the Bengals try to run at uh crosby to try to neutralize him or let's see if they chip him or double team him but you know what he's been a handful for whoever he's been going
0: against this year talking with dennis ackerman co-host of the believe in raiders podcast with former raider stanford route go check them out and i know uh he has also made an appearance previously on our buddy show dnh sports so uh, happy to have him join us on this program as well we'll just take a couple more minutes of your time I know we're running up against it a little bit Dennis I don't I don't want to push it I, I would like to talk to you for no a all, time, good. But, I'm all good I'm all um, good thanks look we just talked about mixing and you just you just mentioned you know maybe the the uh, game plan for Cincinnati should be hey run at Crosby to kind of negate them or or at least keep them on their heels one of the guys that has been playing outstanding football for the Raiders, particularly in this last game, was Darius Phylon. And unfortunately, in that last game, I think it was late in the game, he suffered a pretty significant injury and is now unavailable. I think he's just absolutely done uh, for the year. I think he's on IR now. Um, uh, so what do, you, what do you make of his absence? Is that going to be a huge, huge deal? Or are the Raiders going to be able to kind of put it together with duct tape, glue, whatever, to I don't know make mixing a a limited factor in this game
1: well you know what he was a big part of their improved run defense right around Thanksgiving something clicked for this team uh, on defense in terms of stopping the run prior to that they were giving up about 125 yards on the ground but during this four-game winning streak they're only allowing about 75 yards and Jonathan Taylor I mean you can make the case he could have been MVP for the Colts outstanding running back he did exceed 100 yards against this Raider defense, but they didn't allow him to rip off any large chunks, any big plays like that. So look, the Raiders like to rotate a lot of guys along that defensive front. So they do have some depth, Solomon Thomas. Uh, Jonathan Hankins has been uh, a little bit laboring the last couple of games. They're hoping he'll be healthy back in there. So they rotate a lot of guys. Filon is definitely, they're definitely going to miss him, but they do a good job of rotating a lot of players and hopefully Saturday uh, they can limit Mixon uh, just limit the big plays. I think that's what they're looking for. You know, they'll give up the three, four, five yards. They don't want to give up the 10, 15, 20, those type of big yeah. chunk
0: plays. Uh, so we're going to get your prediction in a little bit of, uh, if you want to give one, uh, in just a minute here before we get you out of here. I'm going to kind of take a spin off of this question a little bit from a live chat, Sixer Alex, um, you know, asking about which two Raiders players will be most improved. I don't I don't really want to ask that specifically. My, my question to lead into your prediction is, is, is a little bit of a play on this question, and that would be more what's different about this Raiders team than the one that lost by multiple scores to the Bengals a few weeks ago, and what would give them a better chance in this matchup potentially than what what occurred two months ago? You know
1: the Raiders' offense actually played pretty well uh, against the Chargers, and they got Darren Waller back. Uh, he was a little bit rusty, so I do expect him to be a little bit better. He's been out with uh, he was out for about five weeks with a knee injury. Um, Hunter Renfro, he is a big part of the Raiders' yeah. offense. Uh, you got to keep an eye on him. He had two touchdown receptions uh, against the uh, against the LA Chargers, and we talked about earlier. Josh Jacobs, he only had 37 yards rushing in that first matchup against the Bengals. So I think he's a big part of why that Raiders offense has been better. And the Raiders defense uh, has played much better over these last four or five weeks. You know, that Cincinnati game, I believe it was 16 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. And then Derek Carr had a couple of turnovers and just kind of imploded for the Mm -hmm. Raiders. But I I would say the Raiders defense has been uh, much improved since then. And Josh Jacobs is another one of the reasons uh, the improvement of the Raiders being able to run the football.
0: Okay, so an improved Raiders team coming yep. off a 4-0 stretch uh, yep. against some some pretty impressive teams, albeit none made the postseason, but pretty impressive wins in there. Um, they've overcome a lot, all kinds of different storylines, the Madden passing, unfortunately. Um What's your prediction for this week? Because the issue, there's all that stuff. There's the team of destiny, right? Because they're overcoming all that kind of stuff, that storyline, a little bit more of a storied history as a franchise, as opposed to the Bengals in terms of success, championships, et cetera. And then, of course, you've got, they played the last game in week 18, and they played the first one on the road in the postseason. Uh, Long game, almost five full quarters, couple of injuries, all that kind of stuff, traveling, bad weather, not in the dome. How do you see this one playing out?
1: I'm kind of torn because part of me thinks that they've been playing quasi playoff games these last four weeks. Are they emotionally spent, especially after Sunday's game, going into overtime, winning on the last play? It's a short week. They got to go probably travel on Friday, and the game is on Saturday. I also look at the flip side. You know, they've got all this momentum right now. They're playing with house money, everything they do seems to be working out okay. You know, so I, I'm kind of – I'm torn. Um, believe it or not, I have picked them the last four weeks on my podcast. People said I was crazy. They're not going to beat Indianapolis, and they're not going to beat the Chargers. Those two teams are better talent-wise. And I was like, okay, but you're not measuring what's going on inside of that Raiders building right now. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. I, I'm not extremely confident saying that. I don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. You know, the weather, I was just checking it before I came on with you. This is a high of 31, a low of 18 no snow though so okay it's cold it's probably going to be the coldest game the raiders have played in this year so i will go with the raiders i'm thinking 20 to 17 maybe even 19 to 16 but i'm not saying it with a whole lot of confidence put it that way anthony
0: well with a lot of star power in this in this game at running back at quarterback at wide receiver the two players that might make the Biggest difference, Daniel Carlson and Evan McPherson, the kickers, right? I mean, they're just, I mean, those are the two guys that may make the biggest difference regardless of the result. Well, Dennis, thank you for your time. I appreciate we went a little long before we get you out of here though. I want our listeners to hear a little bit about your background, where they can find your stuff and where they can listen to your show, et cetera.
1: Well, uh, myself and former Raider uh, Stanford Rount played eight years in the NFL, seven of those with the Raiders. He and I co host the Believe in Raiders podcast. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on Spotify, any place uh, like that. So, and uh, we've been doing it for about a year and a half now, and we post them every week. And we just posted one up this morning. So it's uh, recapping the Charger game. And, I'll give this a little bit, Anthony. I don't think the Raiders, like I said, let me reemphasize this. They would not have played for the tie. <laughs> really about that, we'll preview lot, yeah. it. We'll preview it, And we also talk about Bo Jackson as well. So we hit on all those things as well in this week's podcast. So a lot of fun. Thanks well, for letting awesome. me uh,
0: talk about it. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate the time and I appreciate you're able to coordinate a lot of different things. I know you're a busy guy to, to come on here and make some time. I apologize. We went a little long, but this is no, all a great, good. Great chat. And uh, enjoy yourself this weekend, I, regardless of the result. I, I hope it's a different one than you predicted personally, but enjoy yourself regardless. And, Do you have uh, one? Do you have a prediction? You know, I I did pick on a, on a show earlier this week. I did pick the Bengals to win, again, a one possession game. I just think the weather, uh, a little bit of some offensive firepower and how, you know, we're talking about the Raiders going 4-0. and uh, the Bengals this last month have also engaged in a lot of playoff-type games, big wins against the Ravens and the Chiefs and all kinds of – and then they, they sat this last – you know, sat a lot of guys this last week. But um, So I think they've got a lot of things in their corner too, but I, I – you know, we've seen this team stumble in, in big games before the Bengals, uh, but I, I'd, I'd just like to think that this is a different cast of characters and a little bit of a different mindset at coach, quarterback, et cetera – that maybe won't allow them to do that. Um, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think it's going to be a close game, maybe closer than either fan base would like. But uh, like you, I- I've got a-, a close Bengals win, though. See so how it plays out on Saturday. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Dennis, thank you very much. Take care. We'll catch up you again too. with you soon and enjoy yourself this weekend. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely.